It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, we got a great show in store today. I'll get to that in just a minute, but uh, as, as people who've been listening since the beginning of the year know, my, my sister uh, gave me a calendar with, uh, well, I'll just read the title and you'll you'll get it. The 365 Stupidest Things Ever Said. And no, they weren't dumb things I said, but I thought maybe if I share one of these each day, when I make the inevitable gaffe that I am often (laughs) prone to do, I won't feel so much like the only person who says dumb things. And so each day I start the show with a different uh, dumb thing. And here's one. This this appeared on a poster in a classroom in Kent, Washington. And uh, it starts out, when I grow up, I want to be. And it has a list of responses. And Harper says, a mommy. And Henry says, a daddy of the house. Braden says, I want to be a teacher. Jason says, a pilot. Madison says, a doctor to make everyone feel better. And Benny says, a taco. <laughs> anyway... Um, that way, when I say something dumb, it won't uh, seem like I'm the only one who says dumb things. As I mentioned, we've got a great show in store. Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to uh, talk with... Um, he's a uh, senior pastor from the Weston Park Baptist Church in uh, inner-city Toronto, uh, he's also an author. Alan Davey is the author of a uh, new book called um, Walking the Line, Embracing the Imperatives of Jesus. And it sounds like uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation, to be sure. In the middle, the second hour of our three-hour tour, I'm going to talk with... Um, this is interesting. She's New York Times best-selling attorney and art historian Amy Herman. And she's written a book called um, Fixed, How to Perfect the Fine Art of Problem Solving. And we'll see what that's all about. But we start out this morning with the uh, chief of geriatric medicine um, at uh, Northwestern uh, Medicine. And we're going to talk about uh, planning for peace of mind. my guest is uh, Dr. Lee Lindquist. She joins me by phone. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, let me uh, let me let me just 
say this. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that, that I often say dumb things. And um, there are things that people do, like losing their keys or uh, saying something uh, awkward or, or something that sounds dumb. And they pass it off, at least I do, to having a senior moment. Um, what what is the difference between you know just taking regular foibles, regular human foibles, and passing them off as senior moments, and and having a real problem cognitively? Yeah, so that's a great question, and especially with everything that's been happening with COVID, we are seeing so many people having memory loss, and you know forgetting their keys or forgetting, you know, to put the milk back in the fridge. And so from my geriatrician standpoint, I'm a geriatrician at Northwestern Medicine here in Chicago. Um, We're very concerned if people have problems on tasks such as remembering their medicines. So if you forget your pills, um, you know, multiple times. Um, It's not just one time. It's when you start forgetting your pills more frequently. Or if you get into car accidents or you do a lot more fender benders. Um, or if you are having problems with remembering if you had breakfast or if you had dinner and you start missing meals. Those are things that are very troublesome um, because it's going to impact your health um, as well as make you more prone to be taken advantage of too. And so when these senior moments start piling up um, is when we're also very concerned. So from my standpoint as a geriatrician at Northwestern, when I hear people say, oh, you know, I forget things day to day, but I can remember who my college roommate was, or I can remember what I was doing in 1968. Um, That's troublesome. Um, People that have really good distant recall, um, you know, that's that's actually, you know, par for the course. Uh, When we actually think of Alzheimer's disease, we think of an onion. And so the most recent memories are the ones that go away first. And then the ones that are from 1968 are the ones that stay the longest. So it's when you have, you know, what did I have for breakfast? What did I have for dinner? Oh, I can't find this. I can't find this. And we always like to chalk them up to senior moments. Uh, but when it starts getting a little bit more concerning and it's affecting our life or it's affecting how our pants fit, um, then it's a problem for their health. And so with COVID, what we've seen is that there's so much cognitive loss happening because of this isolation. And seniors are fantastic that they don't want to get COVID. No one wants to get COVID. So we were told to isolate um, to avoid um, getting COVID. But in being isolated, it's almost like we're living in a nursing home because there's four walls, we watch TV, we sit down a lot, and our brains tend to turn to fudge. And so what we really need to do is exercise our brain like it's a muscle. So if you think about your muscles in your body, if they sit still all the time, they're just going to go to flabbiness. And that's the same way with our brain. If we don't stimulate it, if we just sit down and watch TV or if we just read a book, it's not enough to keep our brain muscle working. And so that's why I tell all my patients, I tell my family, you know, we have to make sure that we socially stimulate each other. Um, you know, give other seniors a call. Um, if you're a senior, call your senior friends. You know, even phone contact uh, is fantastic for helping your memory stay strong. 
And we know that that social stimulation is even better than reading a book. So if you and a friend are both reading the same book or you decide on a book, even talking about that book afterwards is going to be much better for your brain than just reading a book or reading a newspaper. So that's the active component. And so when you're socially stimulating, calling your friends, calling your loved ones, and I even tell people, call your grandkids, um, call your grandparents, you know, make this a New Year's resolution um, to keep your relationships with your loved ones going. Uh, we know that there's a lot of research out there that intergenerational stimulation is fantastic, um, that reaching out to your grandchildren, reaching out to your children, it's not disruptive, it's the best thing because then you are more a part of their life. And then they actually, both the children, the grandchildren, as well as the grandparents all gain stimulation. So it's a way of kind of helping everybody in the circle. The other thing too is exercise. I mean, the more that you can walk around, the more that you can do activities, um, you know, that encourage you to keep your muscles active. We know that that helps your memory um, as well as your body. Now, I'm here in Chicago at Northwestern, and we are in, like, negative temps. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, I'm, like, I'm freezing in... over, and it's very cold, I'll tell you. Um, so it's very hard for all of us to exercise outside. So what I tell people is, you know, walk up and down your hallways. You know, um, if you have an exercise bike, now is the time to jump on. Um, or if you have a YouTube video, you know, do exercises watching a YouTube um, video online. Um, and one of the best Christmas presents, I don't know if anyone got these over the holidays, was, you know, like a Fitbit watch or a Garmin watch, especially if you're a senior, um, because then you can monitor how much activity you're doing. So I had several seniors that they bought them for their friends, they bought them for their loved ones, and they said, okay, we're going to go toe-to-toe and see who does the most activities and so our exercise, how many has the most steps. So almost making it like a contest. And what we've seen is that people encouraging other people to exercise is huge, you know, telling them to sit less, that's huge. And so with a lot of these technologies, with a lot of these, you know, watches and so forth, you can actually give people like, yay, congratulations, you've moved more. Um, And so we have a whole bunch of tips um, on our website, which is nm.org backslash geriatrics. The NM means Northwestern Medicine. Um, so people can feel free to get more information from that. Um, or if they even want to see a geriatrician. I know there's not always geriatricians in every um, place um, in our country. We have a national shortage of geriatricians. And so um, one of the great things, um, the silver linings, is that we're doing more telehealth. Um, so whether you're in, you know, who knows where, um, you know, Boston or, you know, Chicago or Texas, Um, It's very easy to reach out and talk to a geriatrician about your memory, um, about things that you can do to make your memory stronger. My guest is Dr. Lee Lindquist from uh, Northwestern Medicine in Chicago, and we're talking about the impact of aging. Lee, did I... I read something that said this is kind of a busy time of year because a lot of families, maybe who don't see each other often, will get together during the holidays, and that's when they tend to notice changes in uh, uh, behavior or or uh, acuity um, in in their um, parents or grandparents. 
Um, is is this a busy time of year for uh, geriatrics? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great uh, a great comment. Um, primarily because when families get together, um, especially over Christmas, and many times, you know, we haven't seen each other for a long time, and so when we get together. We say, oh, wow, you know, mom is acting a little different. She's being very forgetful. She doesn't remember X, Y, or Z. Um, and that's what kind of cues people in that they need to have this checked out. So I tell people, yes, definitely have it checked out. I mean, at the very worst, we can say your memory is fine. This is a result of COVID. You know, this is things that you need to do to get stronger. Um, but it's so important to be evaluated, um, even if you've got small things that you're concerned about. But this is where families tend to notice things have been different because they are actually physically getting together. And when we talk to people over the phone, there's things that we might miss, you know, like mom's not putting back the butter every day, you know, into the fridge or, you know, mom is not taking a shower every day. Um, and these things are, you know, things that are worrisome, um, especially if they're occurring every day. And so that's why it's important to bring your seniors in to be evaluated by a geriatrician. Um, and see how they're doing, see how their thinking is going. Um, but yes, January, February is always a busy time of year for us. Um, even in Chicago with this nasty weather, people are still bringing <laughs> their seniors in. Um, so it's, it's good to be, it's good to have loved ones that care about you enough to bring you into the doctor. Um, when people are getting together with their elderly family members, um, is should they should they be mindful of certain kinds of changes? Um, should they be on the lookout, or or is it okay to just wait until things present themselves? You know, I actually tell people, you know, to talk to their seniors at least once a week. You know, if you can talk to them once a day, that's totally, you know, that's even better. Um, but if you talk to them and you keep stimulating them, I think that's probably the best route. Um, I always hate people being on the watch out because it's almost like you're, you know, reconnaissance to try to find something wrong with your senior. Um, and so what I prefer is to say, let's stimulate people, let's socially interact with them more, let's exercise people more as a way of kind of delaying anything. So when we see somebody who's a little off um, or we see somebody's memory slipping, um, many people will say, oh, I don't want to hang out with so-and-so because they're so forgetful, they won't remember anything. And that's absolutely the worst thing to do because that means that their memory is just going to be worse um, and they're just going to have, you know, their memory keeps slipping. What we need to do is when we see people starting to slip is interact with them more, um, get them more involved, take them to the grocery store, take them to a Costco, take them to, you know, Walmart um, and get them more involved. Um, as a way of preventing that memory loss. I want to explore that a little more, but I have a break coming up here. Lee, can you stand by for, for just a few minutes, and, and we'll talk some more? Oh, I'd be happy to. Okay, my guest is Dr. Lee Lindquist from Northwestern Medicine in Chicago, and we're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOV, our Voices Radio, 92.1 LPFM in Flint. 
And uh, if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We have lots more right after this. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner Program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. 
our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we continue with my conversation with the um, Chief of Geriatrics from Northwestern Medicine in Chicago. Um, we're talking about uh, isolation's impact on uh, seniors and, and how much it's been impacted by, of course, uh, quarantines and the pandemic and, and so on with Dr. Lee Lindquist. Lee, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all Thank that. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And, you know, during that break, I was listening to all the people say how wonderful your show was. <laughs> and absolutely. I think, you know, listening to a radio show uh, like the Tom Summer show, you, it's fantastic. But then you should really talk to other people about it because then that will actually help your memory more. So you're providing a service to people to help their memory because they get information that they can digest, but then they should turn around and tell others about it because that's a, a way of stimulating your brain. So, you know, after this, you know, after this interview or after the end of your show, you know, call up one of your friends and say, I heard this great show. Let's talk about some of the things that were discussed. I think that would be a phenomenal way of um, helping your friends, helping your own memory. Well, we were talking in the, in the last segment a little bit. You, you explained how isolation um, has an impact on stunting uh, a person's cognitive function as well as as physical things too and and that the two things are are related and we were talking about how since more people got together this holiday this last holiday season um, as as we try to get past all of the quarantine and isolation of of the pandemic that it was possibly an opportunity to notice some differences in uh, the seniors in their lives when when families get together but what are what are the things we we look for you you talked about some things that people could do to to slow it down but can people come back from uh, cognitive loss? Yeah, actually, uh, people can improve their cognition. Um, that's one thing that we're hopeful for with COVID. Um, with all the isolation, people have been stuck with very little um, stimulation, and we're seeing a lot more memory loss. We do know that people who exercise more, that have more communication with others, that are socially stimulated, um, their memories can come back. They can get sharper. Now, it's not going to make it completely turn around and make Alzheimer's go away. This is not like, uh, you know, a completely reversible disease. But it can slow down the progress if we stimulate our brains more, if we keep active, um, if we do things that help our brains almost as like an exercise uh, to keep it going. So, yes, you can slow down memory loss. Um, and that's why 
you know, many people have friends who have gone to a nursing home. This was even pre-COVID. And when people go to a nursing home, sometimes we'll say, oh, so-and-so's memory got so bad so fast, they went to a nursing home. And that's because so much of the time is spent in one room um, with not a lot of stimulation. And so we love people staying in their own homes as much as possible, especially as they get older. Um, but the other thing, too, is to, you know, keep that brain active, keep moving, you know, talking to others, you know, reaching out through technology, um, just because with COVID, so much of it has almost made us our homes into a nursing home, if you know what I mean by that, where we're yeah. stuck inside four walls, you know, looking out. Well, let me, let me ask this, because I'm always a little... Um, a little fuzzy on the distinctions between dementia and and Alzheimer's, and and just the um, what what some people would refer to as the the normal uh, loss of cognitive function from aging. Um, how are those things interconnected, or are they? Yeah, actually, um, that's a great question. Um, and so when we think about um, memory loss that's normal with age, we actually think about people who have, so normal aging goes along with people having slower reflexes, slower recall of words, you know, but they're still able to get those words out. You know, I can't find my keys, but I will find them and they, you know, they do show up or you go back and, you know, into the kitchen and you say, oh, what was I looking for? And then you do remember. Um, what we are more concerned about are when people have things like they're not able to do executive function tasks, which is like remembering where they, you know, whether or not they took their pills or remembering whether or not they ate breakfast or dinner. And then in addition, we also are worried um, if there's problems with, you know, if they're not, you know, managing their finance as well, because people can easily be taken advantage of um, when their memory starts to affect their finances. And that is just the biggest heartache that I see um, is when people take advantage of my seniors because their cognition is a little off. Um, so what I usually tell people is, you know, be evaluated, you know, talk to your family. There's no need to go, you know, hide this or to be alone um, if you're concerned about your memory. And in fact, that's probably the worst thing is to avoid people or refuse help. It's so much more important for us to keep people around us, to keep people stimulating us, and to not think about it uh, as losing independence. This is something I hear so many times. I don't want my memory to cause me to lose my independence. I'm independent. Um, I'm fine. I'm not dependent on anyone. And that's the worst tactic to take um, because if you think about it, one of my seniors had the best phrase. She says, you know, we're always dependent on each other, even when we were in our 20s. Um, we're all interdependent on each other. And it's not about losing control or losing the ability to do things. It's just changes in how we interact with people. So it's an interdependence instead of a loss of independence. You know, it's tough for, for some family members, especially uh, uh, people with elderly parents or grandparents who are still living, um, to try and get the time in to, uh, you know, to, to stimulate um, mental function and, and cognitive function. Are there disciplines that can be practiced by 
uh, elderly people that that can help their mind stay sharp. And, and I'm thinking of things like like maybe crossword puzzles and, and other kinds of things, exercises people can do physically and mentally um, that they can get in the habit of that help them uh, maintain and perhaps build executive function. Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, there's been research that has shown things like crossword puzzles and Sudoku um, are great for your brain because it makes you think and do problem solving, which we know increases the nerves and the neurons in your brain. Um, two of my favorite programs to help with your cognition are Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune because instead of just watching it, you're actually thinking, what is that puzzle? What is the answer to that question? So it takes television watching from just passive learning or passive watching to more of an active learning, um, which is why, you know, we love book groups. We love people who read books. Um, but it's very important that you talk to other people about the books because just reading a newspaper or reading a book, it's good, but it's much better for your brain if you can read a book, read a newspaper, and then talk to somebody, give somebody a call or talk to, you know, a neighbor or a friend or even your spouse and say, I read this article that's really interesting um, about X, Y, and Z, you know. And so it's this active learning um, or this active stimulation of your brain that's the important part. Well, for the record, Lee, I do a lot better with Wheel of Fortune than I do with Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, me too, me too. And you know what, the one thing with Wheel of Fortune is that I go against my kids who are 10 and 11. Um, and, you know, they always beat me, but it's good fun for the family. That's funny. Um, is that something that we've... Um, that we've lost a little bit because of uh, because of technology. This idea of things that the whole family can do, whether it's watching a game show on television or playing a board game or or going for a walk and and talking about things, you know, with with so many people um, sort of uh, chained to their mobile devices uh, you know we've all seen it um a room full of people that are all in their own little world um it, has that um changed maybe the 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 normal function of interaction in family life oh absolutely absolutely but that's the fun thing too is that i don't think we're ever going to get away from technology now, since it's such a vital role of, in our teenagers' lives, in our, you know, children's lives, in our, you know, adults, um, I think so many people are involved with their smartphones, with technology, that we have to kind of think of new ways of how we can involve what we think of as intergenerational um, living. So, you know, the grandchildren, the children, and the, you know, older adult or grandparents. Um, and so I actually, if you think about it, especially in rural areas, my grandparents lived in a rural area of Wisconsin. Um, we weren't always next to them. Um, so we didn't always have the technology that we could talk to them daily. Um, we had telephone calls, but, you know, I actually, the silver lining with COVID is that seniors are uptaking technology and it's worthwhile to reach out over Zoom so you can see your loved ones. Um, or, you know, interact with them through different technologies or even text people. I mean, I have patients who are in their 80s who are texting their teenagers, you know, their teenage grandchildren 
Um, so I think it's a way of kind of crossing the giant divide um, because many times we don't always see families living right next to their loved ones. Um, and so it still is a way of getting involved in their lives by embracing technology. So I don't think, I, I definitely with your question, technology has changed our family dynamics, but I think it also has provided a lot of opportunities to reconnect um, with people who are not living right next door um, or who have moved to San Francisco or moved to Chicago or moved to London you know, or England, um, and we can interact with them more. Um, we're doing some really cool research um, here at Northwestern Medicine with our seniors um, because we're actually putting those Oculus devices, which are those 3D headgear, um, on our seniors and then on, um, you know, younger people and seeing how they can interact, seeing how they can play games, seeing how they can have shared um, living. So you know, they can go on a trip to Paris together through these Oculus 3D hardware. And the seniors love it, the kids love it, um, and it's a way of making people connect um, through shared experiences and also helping their memory um, and their mood. So I think, yeah, exactly, technology has changed, but it's not going to go away. So it's in our best interest as, you know, people that didn't grow up with technology to embrace it and kind of see how we can use it in our lives. Is older people embracing technology um, maybe a silver lining of, of the, the quarantines and isolation of the pandemic this last couple of years? Yeah, I, you know, the fun thing is that I think um, seniors are able to, we know that seniors are able to use technology. We know this. Um, I don't think that technology has been developed so that it works best for seniors. Um, if you think about all the developers in Silicon Valley and, you know, throughout our world, they're making devices to best fit, you know, 30-year-old consumers, 20-year-old consumers, you know, 40-year-old consumers. They're not making them necessarily to fit the needs of an 85-year-old. Um, but I think that is changing. That's something that we're working on here at Northwestern Medicine in our geriatrics group is to see how we can leverage technology or have it so that seniors can use it easily. And what we've seen is, you know, I work at a, a large um, senior community. Um, and what I'm seeing there is that, you know, now nobody was using Zoom. Nobody was using um, much technology prior to COVID. But with COVID, I mean, I've got people who are, you know, 104 years old who are Zooming their children who are in their 80s and then their great-grandchildren, too, who are in their, you know, 20s. So we're seeing a lot more technology being used across the lifespan. Which I think wouldn't have happened. Uh, elderly people tend not to be um, very attracted to technology um, or, or comfortable with technology for some of the reasons that you just mentioned, Lee. Um, you know, buttons and, and fonts are really small and difficult to see and, and that sort of thing. I'm still waiting for Silicon Valley to come out with a flip phone with a rotary dial, but... Um, <laughs> it's, but the the idea is is that technology can make itself more user friendly abroad uh, across a broader age uh, timeline. Yeah, exactly. And we've done research here at Northwestern Geriatrics um, using Amazon Echo and Google Home. 
Um, those devices, you don't necessarily need to have a keyboard in front of you, and you don't have to worry about those microscopic buttons on the smartphone. Um, <laughs> it's all voice activated. So the one, I mean, that thing is fantastic because it's a voice activated technology where you can say, you know, what's the weather outside? Tell me a joke. Call my, you know, daughter. Call my son. Um, and so there is some technology that's easier for older adults to use. But I love it that seniors are embracing technology more. Um, and if you don't embrace technology and you're a senior, just give it a try. Uh, I think one thing that I've seen is that people sometimes will give up if it doesn't work for them straight away. And Lord knows computers are not the easiest to navigate and they break down on me all the time. So I would say don't give up and keep trying. And then also involve your children or your grandchildren. I actually think involving your grandchildren is probably the best bet because they have grown up with so much technology That's that like, it's almost second nature in how they explain things. When you've got young people um, around, it's like it, having... This is a fun next thing. It actually helps your brain to learn new things. It's, it's almost having young people around is almost like having your own IT department. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it's, it was always that way for me when my kids yeah, were. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think our younger generation has a lot to teach us, um, just like our older generation does. So reaching out to your grandchildren and asking them to help you set up some technology is fantastic uh, because then they're excited to teach grandma how to use something. Um, and just seeing their excitement over including a senior in technology um, and helping them out, I think that's a great way of doing intergenerational care as well as intergenerational stimulation for your brain. So make it your New Year's resolution, right, to interact more with your you know, children, your grandchildren, or your seniors, depending on which direction you're going. Um, and I think, you know, circling around technology would be a great experience um, to leverage. Well, as we were talking about earlier, you, you know, with the, the holidays, just, just having passed um it's it's been an opportunity for a lot of people to get together with their their older relatives and and see them and and to some degree evaluate them you know we always joke about uh, you know the the joke around me is always wow dad's really losing it <laughs> but um <laughs> but it, it, there's a difference between that and noticing some significant changes when people notice these significant changes, what are the first what are the first steps for them? What can they do to start being proactive if they don't know all of these things that we've been talking about? What are the resources that people can look into to find out what to do? Yeah, and um, one of the first places that I love to send people is to our website here at Northwestern Medicine. And it's nm.org backslash geriatrics. Um, on it, we have a whole bunch of different um, opportunities, tips, uh, things that you can do um, to keep your brain active and also to be evaluated. Um, we do a lot of telehealth, so you don't have to come to Chicago. Um, I know Chicago is very cold right now, much like you guys up in Michigan. Um, but for the most part, we're doing a lot more telehealth calls, video calls, um, and we can go through things that are concerning you as geriatricians. Um, and there's a national shortage of geriatricians, so it's easy to get in contact now um, through telemedicine, through telehealth, um, to be evaluated, even online. 
Yeah, we're pretty keenly aware of the weather in Chicago and this part of Michigan, Lee, because whatever's happening there is probably going to be happening here tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking, because I'm like, now we've got sun, but it was really cold the other day. and uh, We had that beautiful 60-degree weather, I think, end of, uh, end of December. Um, but, yeah, I think we, we share that uh, love for the Midwest weather. Uh, where you love the summers, but the winters just make you survive. Um, one of my favorite quotes uh, from one of my 100-year-olds was that if you can survive a Midwest winter, you can survive anything. Um, and isn't that the truth? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely the truth. Um, let, me, uh, let me just say this, Lee. It's been a real privilege talking with you. Thank you so much for spending this time and your knowledge and expertise with me and the listeners this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and to, you know, getting me to connect to your viewers um, or your listeners. Um, again, um, a good place to start is, uh, is, is the website there. Um, where can people find out more about you, Lee, past and, and your work, past, present, and future? Yeah, so um, easiest way is just to go on to nm.org backslash geriatrics. I'm definitely listed there. Um, people can also Google me, uh, Lee Lindquist, L-I-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T, because um, we have a lot of really cool research going on here at Northwestern Medicine in geriatrics. Lee, what got you interested in geriatrics? Oh, I spent so much time with my grandparents. So my grandparents were a huge part of my life growing up. Um, they were in uh, rural Wisconsin, so we would always drive up and see them and just spend so much time. And they were the youngest of five and the youngest of seven, so we were always visiting relatives who were older, uh, whether it's in nursing homes or in remote farms and checking on them. So I really had an affinity for older adults, and I didn't like the care that they were receiving, so I figured we needed to do something better. Um, and that's why I became a geriatrician and ultimately head of geriatrics here at Northwestern Medicine um, because there's really um, a need um, to take better care of our seniors. Well, and we have a growing aging population, don't we? Is that making it harder to continue to provide better care? No, I always tell people we always have room for more. Um, and I always tell people that, you know, it's good to keep going as long as you're having a good time. Um, and my job is to, you know, train, educate, and, you know, hire more geriatricians. And that's one thing with Northwestern, we've had such expansion of our geriatrics group, um, so that hopefully we'll be able to serve more and more people, even through telehealth. Well, Lee, thanks again, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. That was Dr. Lee Lindquist, and uh, she is the Chief of Geriatrics at Northwestern Medicine in Chicago. We've been talking about uh, the impact of isolation on seniors and uh, things that can be done about it. We're going to take a uh, short break now. We have, uh, if uh, you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM, Our Voices Radio in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. 
we're going to let them squeeze a few words in uh, or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And uh, then we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner Program. We've got lots more. We're just uh, uh, we're only about a third of the way through. So stay tuned, and, and lots more is straight ahead. Don't forget, tomorrow is... Uh, Wednesday, which means armchair politics, and we have a uh, a newbie sitting uh, at the third chair joining our roundtable regulars tomorrow, so be sure and tune in for that. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? Mm. It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flip Flip Technology. 
Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. About four days ago, a plane landed at Idlewild Airport. The plane came from the Middle East, bearing a man who claims to be 2,000 years old. He spent the last six days at the Mayo Clinic. (laughs) Sir... Is it true that you are 2,000 years old? Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes. You are too... It's hard to believe, sir, because in the history of man, nobody's ever lived more than 167 years as the man from Peru would claim to be. But you claim to be 2,000. Yes, I'll be... I'm not yet. I'll be... I'll be uh, 2,000 October 16th. (laughs) Yes. You will be 2,000... When were you born? We didn't have a formal... Years and names and, and writing. We didn't know. I see. And what? nobody kept time. See, we didn't know. We didn't write. We just sat around. We pointed in the sky and we said, "Whoa, hot boy!" You know. That's all you said. We didn't even know it was the sun. We thought. Uh, you mean you really didn't know we didn't anything? Know anything. We were so dumb and stupid. Sir. We didn't know who was a lady. <laughs> But they were. Of, they was with us. We but didn't know who they were. <laughs> we didn't know who was the you, ladies and who was fellas. You, you thought know? it was they were just different type of yes, fellas. Yes, just stronger or smaller or yeah, softer. The softer ones, I think, were ladies all the time. <laughs> well, what, what? How did you find out they were ladies? A cute fat guy could he could have mistaken the fellas. <laughs> Soft and cute. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. <laughs> Who was Bernie? Bernie, one of the first leaders of, the, of our group. And he discovered the female. Yes. How did it happen? He How said, hey, there's, there's ladies here. <laughs> I'm very interested to find out how Bernie discovered the woman. Well, he... How he, did it come to pass? He, one morning, he got up smiling. <laughs> so, he said, I think there's ladies here. <laughs> so, I said, what do you mean, you know? So, he said, because in the night... I was thrilled and delighted. See? <laughs> so then he went into such a story that uh, it's hundreds of years later, I still blush. Sir, uh, could you give us the secret of your longevity? Well, the major thing, the major thing is that I never, ever touch fried food. <laughs> I don't eat it, I wouldn't look at it, and I don't touch it. And, and the... Uh, never run for a bus, there'll always be another. 
Even if, even if you're late from work, you know, I never run for a bus, I never ran, I just strolled jaunty jolly, walking to the bus stop, you know? Yeah, well, there were no buses in the time no, of uh, in my No, in my time, I mean, I... What was the means of transportation then? Mostly fear. <laughs> fear transported you? Fear, yes. You would see an animal would, would growl, you would go two miles in a minute. But I suppose you fear had... Fear would be the main propulsion. Yes, but I think most people are interested in living a long and fruitful life yes. as you have. You mentioned... Fruit is good, too. You mentioned fruit. <laughs> fruit it? kept me going for 140 years once when I was, I was on a very strict diet, mainly nectarines. I love that fruit. It's a half a peach, half a plum, such a hell of a fruit. I love it. Not too cold, not too hot, you know, Sick. just nice. What has been Even your... a rotten one is good. I love it so much. That's how much I love them. I'd rather eat a rotten nectarine than a fine plum. What do you think of that? I can understand that. Yes, that's how much I love them. Yes, I can understand that. Yes, yes. Sir? Some good things. Sir, what yeah. did you do for a living? Well, many years ago, thousands of years ago, there was no heavy industry. We know that. The most uh, things that we manufactured or we made, the most things that we ever made was uh, we would make, uh, take a piece of wood, see, and rub it and, and rub it and clean it and look at it and hit earth with it and hit a tree with it. For what purpose? Just to keep busy. There was nothing. To do. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing to do. We had no jobs, don't you? What see? other jobs were there? There must have been something else besides hitting a tree with a no, piece of that, stick. That, well, hitting a tree with a piece of stick was already a good job. <laughs> you couldn't get that job, you know. What job? Mainly, was sitting and looking in the sky was a big job, and another job was watching each other was one thing. <laughs> that was lifelike, looking at each other. And what uh, language did you speak at that? They point? spoke. Uh, Rock, basic rock. Basic rock. Yeah. That was before Hebrew. Yeah, well, it was 200 years before Hebrew. It was the rock language or rock talk. Could you give us an example yes. of that? Uh, hey, you put that, don't throw that rock at me. You put that rock. <laughs> hey, now what are you doing with a rock? Uh, call a policeman. God's sake, put that rock away. I see. That was the rock. Now, do you remember, do you remember your Hebrew, sir? Yes, I... I Would you speak I think I remember it fluently. Because I understand the modern Hebrew is different from the... Uh, yes, okay. it differs in some of the phonetic alliterations and patterns. Yes. yes. Can, can we hear an example of the ancient Hebrew? Uh, the very ancient Hebrew is... Uh, oh, hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hello there, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? That's English. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, Do you remember any Hebrew? Very little, I think. <laughs> I don't think I remember it. I must have forgot a great deal of it. <laughs> I think you forgot it all, sir. Maybe all, yes. Maybe all. Yes. It's thousands of years since I needed it. In, now, Honestly. sir, did you, ever, did you ever have any formal job, as we know it today? Yeah, well, I was a manufacturer. I was an owner. What kind of a factory did you have? I had a... Uh, I used to make the Star of David, the Jewish stars. I was one of the first makers oh, of Oh, yes, the little thing you wear as said, uh, yeah, as soon as religion came in, I was one of the first in that. <laughs> I figured this is a good thing. Yes, and how did you make them? Did you have tools? Well, we didn't have uh, lathes. I employed six men. See, each with a point. <laughs> and they used to run together in the middle of the factory. And in their great speeds, they would fuse the thing. And it would Thus make, making a star. Yes, we would make two a day because of the many accidents. <laughs> we have six men running at high oh. speed. Of course, you know, plenty of accidents. You never thought of going into anything else? No, I had an offer once. What a fella that? came to me, Simon. What did Simon ask you to do? He said, if you have a new thing, a new item, a winner, it looks like a winning item that is going to be a big seller, it's called a cross. <laughs> and, uh, 
I looked at it and I turned it over and I looked at all sides of it and I said, uh, it's simple. It's too simple. I didn't know then it was eloquent. Uh, <laughs> you mean you no, I didn't know it would be such turned, a hit. You turned him down. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm too busy. Uh, see, I could have I could have fired four men. Two men run together, bang, you got a cross. <laughs> see, I could have saved. I would, well, I would I have had over $100 today if I went in and crossed it. Because in everywhere. Today. By the way, sir, uh, are you married? I have been married several hundred times. <laughs> several hundred yes. times? Yes. You have been married? Do you remember all your wives? One I remember well. <laughs> Which one was that? The third one. Shirley. <laughs> I remember her. I read her. I'm afraid to ask the next question. You had many hundreds of wives. Hundreds and hundreds of wives. How many children do you have? I have over 42,000 children. <laughs> and not one comes to visit me. <laughs> You mean to say there isn't one daughter that Many favors daughters, you? Many daughters, but, but they, you know how they are. Children, good luck to them. Let them go. And I don't want... Listen, let them be happy. As long as they're happy, I don't care. But they could send a note and write, how you pop, how you doing, pop, you know. Something. No, 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 they don't. Sir, um, you must have known some great men in your time. You did travel throughout I the world. I knew the great and the near great. Could I ask you about some of these? Certainly. I'll tell you the true, the true whether I knew or not. For instance, people are... People are very interested in somebody like Joan of Arc. A lot has been written about her, and we read a lot uh, about her. Ah, what a cutie. <laughs> you knew Joan of Arc. I went with her, dummy. I went with her. <laughs> Nowhere in history do we uh, know of Joan going with anybody. Well, they don't print that. <laughs> they don't print everything. You didn't marry her. No, no, I didn't marry her because she was on a mission, you know. Yes, she used to say to me, she used to say to me, uh, I gotta say friends. I used to say, I look, I gotta wash up. You say friends. I'll see you later. After you'll say friends, I'll wash up, you know. How did you Paul feel? Paul and her me and mine. Yes. You know? How did you feel about her being burnt at the stake? Terrible. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't... I didn't know. Sir, how about some of the legendary characters who supposedly might have existed? For instance, Robin Hood. Did he exist? Oh, yeah. Lovely man. Ran around in the forest. Did he really steal from the rich and give to the poor? No, he didn't. He didn't? He stole from everybody and kept everything. <laughs> well, how did legend... How did legend... How did legend spring up that he was... He had a fellow Marty. Marty, the press agent, running all the papers and wrote in scrolls. He took from the rich and gave to the poor. Who knew? Who knew? He'd give you such a knock in the head when they robbed you, you wouldn't remember anything words, uh, we... was a tough guy. I hate to have our, our legendary figures smashed like Well, this. I hate to smash them for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you, you... You've lived so long. Did you ever have an accident in all this time? Some an accident or An accident. Oh, an accident. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. In the, in the year 61, I was hit... Uh, I was run over by seven men fleeing a lion. <laughs> they ran me over. That, that's the extent of all that. But the they didn't have insurance. I didn't have insurance. <laughs> there was no such thing then. Uh, so who, you laid there till you got back. Amazed. Yeah. <laughs> In the two thousand years you've lived, you've seen yes, a lot of changes. I certainly. What is the biggest change you've seen? In two thousand years, the greatest thing mankind ever devised, that I think, in my humble opinion, is Saran wrap. <laughs> You can put a sandwich in it, you can look through it, you can touch it, and put it over your face and pull around and everything. It's mean, so good and cute, you, you can would, wrap it up. You equate this I love with... it. You can put three olives in it and put a little one. 
You can put ten sandwiches in to make a picture. Whatever you want, it clings and it sticks. It's you right. equate this? You with can this... look right through. You equate this with man's discovery of space? That was good. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.